Some areas of our country are doing very well, others are doing less well. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. We can no longer, from today onwards, be proud. We can no longer sit back and remain silent on the senseless, unlawful killings, sly racism of another human being based only on what? Their skin colour. We are worried that um, the Chinese Communist Party make use of the evil law to further suppress Hong Kong people. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Hi everyone and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter, your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. They, they shot my son seven times, seven times, like he didn't matter, but my son matters. He's a human being and he matters. This week, the United States has been rocked by protests after yet another black man was shot by the police, this time in the state of Wisconsin. Jacob Black, aged 29, was shot seven times in the back as he entered a car where his three children were already seated. Kenosha Police Department said they were responding to a domestic incident at the time. However, it remains unclear how the shooting broke out. While police in Kenosha do not have body-worn cameras, a video of the incident, posted by a bystander, emerged online. The person who filmed the video, Sean White, told CNN that before he began filming, he saw police wrestle, punch and attempt to taser Mr. Blake. The video shows Mr. Blake walking around the front of the SUV with two white officers near him. As Mr. Blake opens the door and leans into the car, one officer can be seen grabbing his shirt and opening fire. Seven shots can be heard in the video as witnesses shout and scream. Although Jacob Blake didn't die from the accident, his family have said that he has been left paralysed from the waist down. Mr. Blake's lawyer also said that, because of his injuries, he has needed nearly all of his colon and small intestine removed and suffered damage to his kidney, liver and arm. Following the shooting, Jacob Blake's family gave an emotional statement to the media. His sister, Letetra Widman, said she isn't sorry or sad about her brother being shot by the police, but she is angry and tired. This is nothing new. I'm not sad. I'm not sorry, I'm angry, Mm. and I'm tired. Mm. I haven't cried one time. 
I stopped crying years ago. Mm. I am numb. Mm. I have been watching police murder people that look like me for years. Mm. I'm also a black history minor. So not only have I been watching it in the 30 years that I've been on this planet, but I've been watching it for years before we were even alive. The family have demanded the arrest of the officer who shot Mr. Blake and said other officers involved in the incident should be fired. In response to Jacob Blake's shooting, protests spread across the state of Wisconsin. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers declared a state of emergency and vowed to deploy additional National Guard troops in a bid to restore order in the town. The police officers who shot Jacob Blake have still not been arrested. And next. Whilst the west coast of America has been facing mass forest fires, this past week, the south coast has been facing Hurricane Laura. The coast of Louisiana has felt the force of the hurricane, with extreme winds causing flash flooding in the US state. The hurricane has been classed as Category 4, meaning it is expected to cause an unsurvivable storm surge as it moves inland with wind speeds of up to 150 miles per hour. The National Hurricane Center have warned that if it maintains those speeds, it would be one of the strongest storms to ever hit the US Gulf Coast. Experts fear that Hurricane Laura may resemble Hurricane Katrina, which devastated New Orleans in 2005, killing more than 1,800 people. You're going to hear ranges of storm surge that we haven't heard in Louisiana since Hurricane Audrey in 1957. You're going to hear the word unsurvivable to uh, describe the storm surge that we are expecting. Before reaching Louisiana, Hurricane Laura and another storm, Marco, swept across the Caribbean, killing 24 people. Initially, it was feared that both storms would hit Louisiana as hurricanes within 48 hours of each other, but Marco was downgraded to a tropical storm. Bringing strong winds and heavy rain, Marco struck Louisiana on Monday damaging buildings in the coastal city of Lake Charles in southwest Louisiana. In the early hours on Thursday, over 330,000 homes in Louisiana reportedly lost power. And in Texas, more than 80,000 homes suffered power cuts. So far, half a million residents have been told to leave parts of Texas and Louisiana, but the mayor of Lake Charles, Nick Hunter, fears not enough people will be evacuated. Uh, how did you do with evacuations and preparations from your perspective? Well, we did everything humanly possible to get the message to people. And for individuals even that did not have the financial means to pick themselves up and evacuate, uh, we did provide uh, transportation via our uh, municipal buses and uh, coordinated with the state of Louisiana so they could get to safety. We ran that all yesterday and even this morning. 
I, I do fear that not enough evacuated, and uh, I, I just uh, very concerned about the not only the survival aspect of the storm itself, but also the aftermath. The National Hurricane Center warned any residents remaining in or near the path of the catastrophic storm to take action to protect their lives. They have advised to stay in a reinforced interior room away from windows or to get under a table or other piece of sturdy furniture and use mattresses, blankets or pillows to cover your head and body. And finally. On Friday, Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe, announced his resignation because of poor health. He said he did not want his illness to get in the way of decision-making and apologised to the Japanese people for failing to complete his term in office. Last year, he became Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister, having started his first term in 2006. However, the 65-year-old has suffered for many years from ulcerative colitis, an inflammatory bowel disease which also led him to resign abruptly in 2007 from an earlier term as Prime Minister before returning in 2012. But he said his condition had worsened recently, and he said he should not continue as Prime Minister. In his public statement, he said, I need to fight against the disease and be treated. And I was not really in a perfect state in terms of health conditions. And still, I had to make important political decisions. I cannot make any mistakes in terms of important decision making. During his time as Prime Minister, Mr Abe has a reputation as a dependable conservative and nationalist and has been praised for stimulating Japan's social and economic growth with his aggressive economic policy known as Abenomics. As the world continues to face the obstacles of COVID-19, Mr Abe has stepped down at a time when he believes he sees a downward trend in infections after July and also towards winter. He has also reassured the citizens of Japan that new necessary measures have been put into place ready for the new leadership. He will remain in his post until a successor is chosen. So, you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search Where We Are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first.